what we need to hear. That you'll give us ears to hear on every level what you're saying to us. That we might be increased, we might be equipped, and that we might grow. And we give you all the glory, we give you all the honor, we give you all the praise and thanksgiving for what will be accomplished in every heart and in every life by your word and your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning, church. How are you this morning? Welcome. We want to welcome every one of you here in this room, everybody who's joining us by live stream. We want to welcome the Meeker campus. Uh, thank you for being with us today. We have some great things in store for you. So why don't you look at somebody next to you and say, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Say it one more time. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Praise the Lord. And you can be seated. Such a truth for us to know. You know, when the world comes against us, when there's strategies against us, to really remind ourselves with a firm conviction that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know, the enemy would like to come in in such a way to make you think that he is so great and powerful to change things. But the moment that you remind him that you're no longer on your own, that you're not just struggling in your own strength, but the Spirit of God has come to live on the inside of you. And that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And he quickens and strengthens your mortal body to let you know that you have the strength and the power to overcome, that you're no longer longer a debtor to this flesh. You don't owe your flesh anything. You don't have to follow that direction, but you are empowered to follow God and his plan for your life. Amen? So it's just a good little phrase from 1 John just to remind the enemy and to remind yourself every day, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. When you go out to face the world in your job, in your neighborhood, whatever you do when you wake up in the morning and the world tries to come against your family, just to remind yourself, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, we are uh, just so blessed and honored and privileged uh, uh, every year at this time uh, because they're on the board of directors of New Creation Church. Uh, we have Marshall and Cindy Townsley come and, and speak into the church, and they have been with us uh, for 30, really 31 years now, and um, uh, really with the church longer than that. And they have been a great blessing to us. As Pastor Tasha said, we like it when they come home. If you're visiting with us, they pastor a great church, Believer Center of Albuquerque. They actually live there, but we like to just, you know, this is their second home. So we like it when they come home. They have pastored tremendously uh, the anointing upon their life to speak the Word of God in a timely season uh, is just really part of the gift that's on the inside of them. And they come every year to speak a word in season to us. So I encourage you to open up your, hand, open up your hearts and put your hands together and give a warm Glenwood Springs welcome to Pastor Marshall Townsley as he comes to minister to us. This morning, see what happens. Hi, everybody. Talk about privilege. You guys tired of us yet? We miss you so much. We leave here thinking about you, already planning the next meeting. The next time that we're we're together, I'm especially blessed today to be in the house where there's a white pony and a white pigeon. <laughs> My God. I'm going to take that home with me. I'm not sure what I'll do with it, but I'm going to take it, take it home with me. Wow. 
You know, we just love you. We really do. I hope you sense that. I hope you feel that. We feel very much a part of uh, this great and growing family. It doesn't seem like over 30 years plus. Cindy and I are celebrating 50 years in ministry this year and 50 years of marriage in April. And yes, we did get married very young. So, But we love being with you. We certainly love your pastors, respect them. They're two of the most, I think, important people in the world. Uh, certainly in our lives, they are. You know, one of the kind of proofs of being in love with someone, caring for them, and then caring for you, having a great relationship, a rich relationship, is just feeling safe with people. We, we feel safe with you, and we feel safe with this, this couple. Um, our names are safe on their lips, and our lives are in their, in their heart. And, you know, how can you feel bad about something like that? You just can't. You celebrate it. And so we're celebrating again being with you. Again, our pleasure to be with you. I've got so many things that have been going through my heart in the month of January coming into this month. In fact, we spent uh, 10 weeks processing a, a word from the Spirit that God uh, gave us. And you know, when that happens, you have to be careful not to presume that it applies to everybody else or every other church family that you might visit or church uh, gathering you might uh, visit with in the year as you travel and speak, but I did feel that uh, certainly some of what we've been talking about in Albuquerque is, uh, it does apply to you, so uh, if you'll just open your heart, I'm going to begin processing that with you, obviously I've spent 10 weeks doing it, my wife cautioned me not to try to give you all 10 weeks this morning and tonight, and I won't. I probably just hit some of, uh, you know, again, just what the Spirit of God puts His, puts his finger on uh, as, as I begin here in a few minutes for you. But I hope you will receive it as a, a, a word in season. I hope you will receive it as a, a timely word for you personally. I hope you will receive it as a, a corporate word for New Creation Church here in, in, uh, in Glenwood Springs. Uh, and that we, we do everything we can to wrap our heart tight around it. And let the Holy Spirit work with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit working with us to process it again, make it our own personal reality, and again, the reality of a church, a church body. So let's just pray, and, and then we'll get started. How's that sound? Okay, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you again for the privilege, the opportunity to be together like this. And we dare not take it for granted. Things are changing in our world and changing across the world, and we believe this is a gift, and we treat it as a gift. We refuse to take it for granted, refuse to become uh, thoughtless about the opportunity, the chance to, to gather like this and, and uh, be empowered and be refreshed and be taught and be changed again and again and again and again. You're up to something. We know that in our spirit. You've made us a part of that. In fact, you see us as an essential part of what you're doing, not only in our cities, but on the planet. And so, God, make all this real to us. Again, Lord, we're counting on you, Holy Spirit, on you to communicate these things the way they need to be communicated. Lord, help me be a mouthpiece for you. 
uh, this morning and what you want to say, need to say to this uh, group of, of uh, believers today. We thank you that we are about to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. 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 So um, we call this series in Albuquerque, we just entitled it, Make Me That Somebody. Would you say that out loud with me? Make me that somebody. One more time. Make me that somebody. We were, again, the word that the Lord just downloaded into my heart during a time of worship one Sunday morning was a simple word, but it really sparked something, ignited something on the inside of me. He said, in this new year, in 2023, I want my people to be the people of greater faith who do the greater works of Jesus. He said, I want my people to be the people of greater faith, say greater faith, who do the greater works of Jesus. So, um, say greater works. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about greater faith and greater works tonight. I think that's when we'll get to that. And again, there's some, some real keepers in the message, <clears throat> some things I've never said before on the subject God uh, gave to me uh, during this series. I want to give them to you, pass them on to you tonight. And, uh, but I, I want us to talk a little bit more about what this word might have meant. I believe it has to do with us, uh, again, realizing, understanding, holding dear this commission that we have to reach the world with Jesus. Make me that somebody. There's a, the, as you know, I'm not telling you anything new here, as you know, the world is just getting darker and darker and darker. I'm going to say something. I want you to think about it with me. Don't, if, you, if you, you sort of tend to disagree with me quickly, please don't. Just think about what I'm about to say. I don't believe God called you and me to change the world. I believe he called you and me to light it up. Can I say it again? Because I think we're confused as Christians. Now, a changed life can bring change to the world. But your commission and my commission is not to change a life. Only Jesus can do that. We represent him. Amen? So we are to do what we can to lead them to Him. In other words, light them up. I think this will help us. I think it will put our focus where it needs to be. Because if we're not careful, we're just going to get into social work. Even Christless social work. And think we're satisfying God. We feel good about it. Maybe we're the only ones truly being satisfied. Maybe, yes, somebody is getting some help that they need. But we're talking about the church. We're talking about our commission. We're talking about our focus. And we do see lives change. But, again, it was a matter of lighting them up. God's word becoming a lamp unto their feet, a light unto their path. We led them to Jesus, and Jesus was the one who transformed them. And the more we can see transforms lives, the, the, the greater the light we're going to see of Jesus in our world. That's an old, old word. It's an old commission. That's what Jesus had in mind when he said, the works that I do, you're going to do those, but greater works than these shall ye do. 
Now, I wouldn't limit God in any way. If there's something greater than walking on water, raising the dead, turning water into wine, I'm all for that. But I think Jesus was really getting to this point. The ministry that I've operated in is going to be multiplied as it operates in you. Today, there are billions of Christians across the world. Now, I don't believe, again, I'm just going to inject some of these things as they come to my heart. I think that the church is not as big as we think it is in number. But it's big enough right now to bring great light to the darkness. We can be, be real help. I mean real help. People need real help. We can bring real help and transformation to people that are hurting in, in our world. Amen. I'm going to jump ahead of myself a little bit here because there are many people. The Bible teaches us that about a people group in the Scripture. They're quite comfortable with calling Jesus Lord. But Jesus doesn't view them as being under his lordship. They see themselves as, be, as, Jesus, as being under his lordship and Jesus being lord of their lives. But Jesus doesn't see them that way. We have people in our churches around the world that confess Jesus as Lord with their lips, but their heart is far from him. God knows the difference. I don't want to be the judge. It's above my pay grade. But I want to light them up. If they're in the darkness of self-deception or demonic deception, both are troubling. I just want to be one that lights them up. If I light them up, you light them up. We fulfilled our part of the Great Commission. We light them up, and then as they are lit up and they have questions, they need answering. You and I can sit with them and disciple them and teach them. But it's important that we stop just looking for the spectacular and realize that just a little bit of light in a dark situation can make a difference. Let me give you a quick testimony. A couple in our church have been with us for years. He's one of my best friends, if not my best male friend in, uh, in my life in Albuquerque. He's been in law enforcement all his life. He's been a U.S. Marshal. He's been on our governor's board, public safety. He's uh, been our uh, police chief in Albuquerque. Before that, he was uh, with the state police. Uh, he got really turned around in our, in our church years, some years ago, with his wife, Mary. And they've just continued to grow in God, and their lives have continued to change, and they are just wonderful lights in the dark. They're just, and they take just every small, sometimes it seems like such a small thing. But they recently reached out to a woman. Her name is Bernadette. And she was out of church, has been out of church with her husband for quite some time. Uh, he, uh, her husband, Chuck, is in law enforcement as well. And he lost a dear friend who was shot and killed in Albuquerque, a, a fellow police officer. And then, I think it was just months later, three, maybe four months later, uh, they lost their son, uh, addiction, a drug uh, overdose, and he died. And bitterness set in, in both of them. And so they were going to church, I think. I think they, you know, attended, uh, you know, every now and then. But they, they saw themselves and viewed themselves as believers, as Christians. And, but they quit going to church altogether. 
And Mary just felt impressed by the Holy Spirit. And uh, this was back in October last year. And just said, invited them to church. Would you come to church? And Bernadette, you could tell she was just really hurting. And she, she began to weep. And she says, I need to get back into church. I need to establish my relationship with God. And Mary said, you need a great church family around you. More than ever, you need a great church family around you. You need the support that God gives through them. So she consented to come to church. And her first church service, she sat on the second row there with Mary and Gordon. And she couldn't do anything but weep the whole service. Just cry. She just I guess she also loved to, to worship and sing. And she hadn't been doing any of that. And she loved our worship. And she got into our worship. And she loved the teaching that morning. And she said she just couldn't do anything but cry. She's also got a lot of physical issues going on in her body at the time. And her blood work uh, was just all over the map. Indicators of a lot of bad things going on on the inside of her. She could barely walk without help at times. So here she is in October and she attends church by invitation. And what seems small has just turned into something so amazing. Uh, Since she started attending, not only has her body issues completely turned around. She came to a healing service we did, just felt impressed to do on one Tuesday night. We prayed for the sick. We told people to be a friend to the sick and invite people who were sick. You know, be, that, be like that, 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 uh, those men who, you know, open the roof up for their friend. and be a, Yeah, be a, be a friend to the sick. Bring them. And so they brought people. And Bernadette hadn't been coming on a Tuesday night. She came with help physically, and we distributed prayer cloths, and we anointed a prayer cloths with oil and prayed over them, distributed uh, those to people who wanted them. And long story short is Bernadette took one to herself. She let us pray over her. She took that prayer cloth. Her blood work is now perfect where it needs to be. God just, he moved into her body. And again, this is, a, she hasn't been around even the church that she was attending didn't teach healing. In fact, it taught that miracles have passed and that God only heals sovereignly whenever he wants to, etc. And so she hadn't been in, in uh, our kind of service under the kind of teaching we do at Believer Center. And I'm not, I'm not comparing churches. I'm just saying it wasn't there. It was at our place, okay? And um, she's just been receiving. She had... She had she, I noticed... The last few weeks, she, she's not wearing her glasses anymore. So I didn't know. I didn't ask her about it. But she told Mary that she has a pair of $1,600 glasses that she had to have in order to focus and see clearly. Those are now in her purse. She can't wear them. When she puts them on, her eyes, her focus is off. So, God, so she goes home to her husband. This man who says there is no God and, uh, and begins to share with him in this process. He comes to church once. And you could tell God was really ministering to him. But that was about it. We didn't, haven't seen him come back. But she went to him. Now, another little tidbit. She, he threatened to burn their Bibles at one point. When she started back to church, he was going to take her Bible away from her and burn it. 
This is the atmosphere she's going back into. But he shows up at church because of some of the changes he's seeing in her. She comes to church. He comes to church. Haven't seen him since, but believe in God. Agree with us? But he said to her, when she said, I, I just got to tell you about my eyes and what's happening with my body. He, he looked at her and he said, well, maybe God's healing you. Somebody's lighting up somebody else's world. Amen? And God wants us in this new year. Looks like he's given us a new year, certainly the beginning of one. He wants us to keep our voice. He wants us to get our voice back if we need it. Love the song we sing. Voice of faith is a shout. I think during the pandemic, many Christians and after many Christians went to the cellar. They went to their basements. They, 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 were, they felt silenced. And, of course, you know there, there really is a deliberate strategy to silence the voice of the believer today. Stronger than ever. But we're not going to shut up. We're not going to get quiet. Come on. You've got some pushback on the inside of you. I'm talking about the light of Jesus on the inside of you. And God in 2023 wants that. He wants that out from under the bucket, out from under the bushel, out from under the basket. He doesn't want you to be embarrassed about following Jesus. He doesn't want you to be ashamed. So well, I'm not a preacher like Pastor Mark or some of these other great men that get up like the white pigeon to preach. I'm not sure I'd say that out loud to somebody I was trying to minister to. You know what I'm talking about. You don't, that's not the point. The point is you have a story. And Jesus is at the heart of that story. I once was blind, but now I see. I was once mired down in the clay, but now I'm on a solid rock. Like the old hymn says, to stay. You have this great story of what Jesus has done in your life. And this may not be your platform. Your platform is where you are. Ministering, again, lighting up the world. Lighting up the world. Again, it, it points to the commission that we, we have this royal commission that is ours in Jesus Christ. I, we just uh, so uh, we underestimate this. We underestimate under our part in carrying this gospel to the four corners of the world, even though it's preached in a church like this, we still tend to think, what, me? God would use me? Have you looked at those 12 disciples that he chose? Have you thought about their lives? God can use them. He can use any of us in this room who are willing. Amen. Let me read you a couple of verses here. Greater, greater works only, the, the phrase greater works only appears in a couple of places in the New Testament. However, it's on demonstration almost every page, especially in the Gospels and in the book of Acts. But in John 5.20, Jesus said this, Because the Father loves His Son so much, He always reveals to me everything that he, He's about to do. And you will be amazed, astonished in the King James Version, you'll be amazed... When he shows me even greater works than what you've seen so far. Now, he's saying this after healing a man who 
was lame for 38 years. But he did it on the Sabbath. So the, the man who was healed was being scolded by the religious elite of their day. And Jesus was being scolded uh, for having him take up his bed and walk on the Sabbath day. Typical. God moves. It's evident. has to be from God. And the criticism comes from those who should know him. Or profess to know him better than others. And here we see it. But Jesus says this. He says, you know, again, because the father loves his son so much, they, that made them, by the way, even matter. He always reveals to me everything that he's about to do that made him matter. And you will be amazed, astonished. The word in the Greek there means, literally means to make stagger or to take one's breath away. You'll be astonished, amazed when he shows me even greater works than these than what you've seen so far. But also in John 14, 12, Jesus is quoted as saying this, Most assuredly I say unto you, I like some translations, I say this is a timeless truth. Would you say that? Timeless truth. That means it, it, would, it would certainly uh, apply to us today too, all these centuries later. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me. Who's that in the room? I'm one of those. He who believes in me, I'm in the 21st century, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. So we have a pattern. We have an example of what we can anticipate. I just think that's important to say. Because we always want to have a biblical basis for what we're looking for. Can I have an amen? So we can look at the life of Jesus, see what he did. He said this. The works that I do shall you do also. He didn't stop there. He said, and greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father. Okay? So we have something to begin to believe for here. Something to really uh, to be a foundation for what we want to anticipate in 2023. Are some of these works going to look different in our generation? Of course they are. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know all the ways that that's going to happen. I just know with more people involved in the ministry, all of us called in the ministry here, all of us in the church today are commissioned to the ministry. We all have our part. Are you shaking your head yes with that? Yes, you really need to. That need, All the doubt needs to go. I mean, if you could see yourself as God sees you right now, as Jesus sees you from the right hand of the Father, you're wearing a mantle. It's a mantle of anointing. Do you know what the word holy means? You're a holy people. Oh, not me. Yes, you are. You're a holy priesthood. You're a holy nation. God called you. The word holy means set apart. You belong uniquely to God, don't you? Then you're holy. You carry this incredible anointing on your life to carry on the ministry of Jesus in the earth, that's that light shining. Come on. It's glorious. It's glorious. And if we're not awakened to it, we've got to, 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 to it's different than woke. Much different than woke. We need to be awakened Awakened. The reason, one of the reasons it's just not so real to us is down through the generations, 
and this is not to set the blame on any previous generation, excuse me, uh, because we're, we would be responsible for ourselves and for our time. But this commission was not passed to us faithfully. In the first generation, of course, the church was just born. Thank you, Mark. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Made a bigger mess. Um, the first generation church, you know, uh, the words of Jesus and his example were so much fresher to them than it was even to the second uh, century church. You follow? Not, not perfect at all because you can read about the, the Corinthian church, which was blowing and going in spiritual gifts, but they were also allowing sin in their midst that shouldn't even be spoken of. So embarrassing. So, you know, not perfect. The fruit of the Spirit is more a sign of maturity than the operation of the gifts. Do you know that? Now, we don't, we don't turn our back on either one. Obviously, we develop in both. But people are looking for, well, if we just had more manifestations of the Holy Ghost, that wouldn't necessarily speak of your maturity. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance, faithfulness. Speak more of your, your maturity. Amen. Amen. But one plus one was two in the first century. By the second century, one plus two was probably two and a half. Started kind of drifting. Third century church, even more so. You know, one plus one was now, you know, three or four. By the fourth century, as the church literally made moves to become more acceptable to society. That's the history of the church. It, it literally wanted the world to love, love them. And they started compromising things that Jesus had taught. So by the third, fourth century, on down the road to our, our day, now one plus one can be whatever it wants to identify as. Ouch. Now, God's always had a faithful remnant along the way because the commission was take this gospel, preach it. You can read it for yourself. Preach it to the world. Those who believe, be baptized. They'll be, be saved. Those who don't believe it, sadly, will be condemned. But then he said, be careful to observe to do. Say that out loud with me. Observe to do. He said, be careful to observe to do. That means what you've been given don't try to change it. Pass it off faithfully as it has been given to you. That didn't happen. My, my spiritual fathers didn't teach me about praying for the sick. They didn't instruct me in how to you know, pray or pray in the Spirit. Their version of the Holy Spirit was really different than the one I came to read about and an experience with the Holy Spirit read about in my Bible, etc., etc. But thank God there were faithful men and women who got into my life that began to help me with, with that. What does that mean for us? Well, let's make sure in our day, in our time, and in our generation that we are faithful to this. Completely faithful to it. As much as we know, as much as God reveals to us, we're walking in it. Amen? Amen. 
And so we can get into this about being among those who do do the greater works. I'm about out of time. But I want to uh, share with you, I'm just going to introduce to you four quick things. And really, that's all I can do. But I, 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 you know, I think your pastor can develop them. If he feels led of the Lord, he may already be talking about them to you. That can keep that, our light from being under the bushel or hidden away. That can keep our light full and our light blazing. To a, to a hurting world. Amen? You in, you in for that? Number one, you just have to talk about making certain that we are, that Jesus is our first love. So I'm going to say return. Number one would be return to your first love. Very quickly again, Revelation chapter 2, Jesus is addressing the church that he's building in several um, geographical locations. And he, he speaks to the one at, at Ephesians, and he starts by commending them for their, their works. In fact, let me just read this to you. Here's what he says. I know all that you've done for me. You've worked hard, persevered. I know you don't tolerate evil. You tested those who claim to be apostles and proved that they're not, for they, they were imposters. I also know how, how you have bravely endured trials, persecutions because of my name, yet you have not become discouraged. But I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. Think about how far you have fallen. And then he says, repent and do the works of love you did at the, at the first. Now, what that, what that says, again, not to dig into it too deep, but it just means we can all, uh, we can get preoccupied with work. We've proven that. And we can get preoccupied with the work of the Lord. Ministers prove that. They get so preoccupied with this that they forget to talk to Jesus like he's a human being. And then he's one interested in them personally. It, again, it's kind of like, you know, we can be at home, husband and wife, come home. All we talk about is the work of the day instead of look at one another and say, I love you. I was thinking about you all day, sweetheart. Couldn't get my, my mind on my work because of you. Instead of doing that, though, we're talking about the work. We can be so, pre listen to this, we can get so preoccupied with evil. What's wrong? Bring in justice. We can get out there with that. We get, it's not bad, but we can get so preoccupied with it, listen, that our love for God gets demoted. It's demoted. First is an important place to have God's love and to love God. Would you agree, church? Just think about Matthew 6 very quickly. Again, Matthew 6 says that. Seek first the kingdom of God. All these things will be added to you. But if you don't do the first, all the other th everything else goes away, including the first. It, the, it, immediate disorder sets in to every area of life. You seek first the kingdom. All these other things are added to you. You don't do that. You're not pursuing the kingdom. The worldwide expansion of the kingdom, that's gone. And then you're not, you're not seeing your needs met by God as a result of that. So first is an important thing. Number two, faithfully honor his lordship. Faithfully, faithfully, say it with faithfully. Faithfully honor his lordship. Jesus said this about his own life in John 5, 30, again after healing a lame man on the Sabbath. He said, nothing I do, nothing I do is from my own initiative. 
For as I hear the judgment passed by my Father, I execute judgment, and my judgments will be perfect because I can do nothing on my own except to fulfill the desires of my Father who sent me. That is so beautiful. There, there's an idea floated. It's, again, not a new idea. It, it's referred to in theology as antinomianism, and its followers are called antinomians. And it's the idea that you can receive Jesus as Lord, but you don't have to receive You can receive Jesus as Savior, but you don't have to receive him as Lord. You can actually split it up. And so you can claim you're saved, but not walk as if Jesus is Lord of your life. And, of course, it gained great popularity. You know where I see it gaining popularity today in my day? It's where we teach grace. And you know I'm a teacher of grace, but I see how people respond to grace. And they, people respond to the message of grace differently. Many people still respond to the message of grace even when it's taught well. Like the Apostle Paul taught it with the question, well, can I, I should go ahead and sin then that grace might abound. Because the Bible says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Well, then let's sin so that more grace can abound. And that was adopted as doctrine and as uh, theology, you know, again, centuries ago, and it's still among us, among us today. Those of us who understand the grace of God know it doesn't give us license to sin. It gives us power to overcome it. Amen. Amen. You can't earn or merit the blessing of God, and that should empower us to overcome what kept us from it, the sin that kept us from it. Still with me? Lord, you know this, Lord means supreme in authority. Um, again, Jesus identifies people who call him Lord without a commitment to his lordship. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the realm of heaven's kingdom. It's only those, only those, only those who persist in doing the will of my Father. Have we forgotten that Jesus said the way to eternal life is narrow? Have we forgotten that he said few enter in? Few, the word in the Greek means puny. Few there be that find it. The, word, the, the road that leads to destruction is broad. It's wide. Many, many find that. I tell you, this is a day you don't want to be following the majority. You want to be following the Holy Spirit. Following the word of God. Following Jesus. Scripture's clear here. It's tragic. I don't think there's any rejoicing in heaven over this when it happens. I think there's tremendous lament. Uh, they will be dismissed into an eternity separated from him because it wasn't him they wanted. Did you notice that? I never knew you. It wasn't a people group who knew him and then lost their salvation. It was people who never knew him because they didn't want him. I can even say this to this group today. Heaven and earth, the message of heaven and earth is not at the center of the gospel message. It's not about missing hell and going to heaven. The, the message at the center of the gospel is God came in the person of Jesus. He put on flesh. He became our substitute, sub, substitute for, for mankind and bearing our sin. He died, buried, but he was resurrected. Amen. And he lives. And if you want relationship with him, you can have it, receiving his grace by faith. Amen. A lot of times people, hey, heck, yeah, I don't want to go to hell when I die. Yeah, I'll raise my hand. I'll walk an aisle. I'll pray with somebody. And I'm done. 
I've got heaven. I don't have to worry about going to hell when I die. That's a misrepresentation of the gospel message. It's about Jesus, about relationship with him. Amen? Um, Jesus asked the group one, one time this question, Luke 6, 46. What good does it for you to say, I am your Lord and Master, if what I teach you is not put into practice? Titus 1.16 identifies another group of people. They claim to know God. They claim to know God, but their actions, in their actions, they deny Him, deny His Lordship. They're disgusting, disobedient, disqualified from doing anything good. God loves them, but they don't know God, and their way of life proves it. All right? Listen to me. We all fail. We all miss the mark. But if you're pursuing a sinful way of life, you have to question whether or not you're born again and have submitted to the lordship of Jesus. We all are going to miss the mark and we're all going to need forgiveness and we're all going to need the cleansing. First John 1 talks about as Christians. But if you're on purpose pursuing habitual sin in your life, you have to stop and say, hey, do I really and calling yourself a Christian? Say, well, maybe not. Well, maybe not. Look at the Bible. Look what the Word says. Look what Jesus said himself. Here's what the Scripture says, and I'm, I've got to just be done. Uh, but I can't close without this. Romans 10, 9 through 13, the Amplified. Because if you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is, Lord. say it, Lord. Lord. And in your heart, believe. You have to engage your heart. Believe, adhere to, trust in, rely on the truth that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For with the heart, a person believes, adheres to, trusts in, relies on Christ. And so is justified, declared righteous, acceptable God. And with the mouth, he confesses, he declares openly and speaks out freely his faith and confirms his salvation. How? By the way he lives. The scripture says, no man who believes in him, who adheres to, relies and trusts on him will ever be put to shame or be disappointed. No one is there. No one, for there is no distinction between Jew or Greek. The same Lord is Lord over all of us. He is ge his generosity. He is generous. Excuse me. He is generous and bestows his riches upon us, all of us who call upon him in faith. And then I love this: for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, invoking him as Lord. Say that out loud: invoking him as Lord, will be saved. The term Lord should be a term of endearment for us. Many people think it's a controlling term, just an authoritarian term. For those of us who believe it should be a, a term of endearment. My Jesus is Lord of all. Amen. Would you stand to your feet with me? I'm just going to give you three and four. And uh, I'm not sure what you'll do with it. Maybe think on it. But well, the third area has to do with just pursuing maturity. We want to return to our first love. We want to make sure that we're honoring the Lordship of Christ. Number two, this is keeping our light from being hidden. It, it puts us in a more effective place. Pursuing maturity is something, I think, that, that certainly plays, plays into this. Because the carnal mind, which is an immature mind, is enmity against God. It's not cooperating with God. Just say this to you about spiritual growth. Again, your pastors can certainly develop this. But growth is intentional. You grow, you grow intentional. You don't grow by miracle. Miracles encourage you to growth, but 
you can't, if we could grow by, if we could mature by miracle, let's have, let's have the laying on of hands right now. Let's get it over with and live the rest of our life at a mature place. We know that's silly. Okay. So it's by process. Learn to love process. Learn to love miracles, but learn to love process. Growth comes by process. And you want to be intentional about it. I don't know why church people don't have church meeting on their calendar. Sunday morning. I don't need to put it there, Pastor. It's in my heart. Good. But you know, if you're going to make a business uh, appointment with your banker, get help from him, your doctor, your dentist, and you're going to do everything you can not to miss that. What about church? I've got an appointment with God today. Oh, it's not a legalistic thing. I, I love God, and I've got to be where he is. And I know he's with his church wherever they're gathered. So I'm going. It's on my calendar. And it's, it's important to me, more important to me than a doctor's appointment, a dentist's appointment, uh, you know, any other date on my calendar. Amen? Amen? Enough said about that. I think carnality is the Trojan horse of the church. The Greeks had to devise a way to... A deceptive way to get into, you know, um, Troy and uh, get a get a queen back. And they they came up with this idea they could just build this great horse and hide in it. And sure enough, that's exactly what they did. They let the horse in. And then the armies came back at night and those in the horse opened up the gates and the rest of the Greek armies came through and ate them up. Carnality is kind of like that in us. Satan may not be able to get through this way or this way or this way. But if we remain carnal and our thinking remains opposed to God, he can get in there. The last thing is just go deeper with the Holy Spirit. You know that. There's a, the one word really that describes where God wants our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's the word baptized. He wants us immersed. He wants us saturated with Fully baptized with the Holy Spirit. He wants to, us to live in that reality. And you know, you, you've done it in your Christian life. You know the difference in the results you saw or experienced when you were moved by the Holy Spirit as compared to when you just thought you had a good idea. Isn't that right? No, God's not upset with you. He just wants to be closer to you. Amen. I hope you received some things from this today. Something about it spoke to your heart, an area of your heart. I want you to bow your head with me. Pastor gave me permission to do this. And so I'm, I'm going to just do it. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as Lord of your, your life, and you're ready to change that, make a decision to let Jesus be Lord of your life. You see, when you and I come, for example, with our own goodness, and we're trying to barter with God, barter for salvation, based on what we've done good. We're coming to God literally. We're just coming to God with a certificate that says insufficient funds. Okay? But when you come ready to believe and to believe with the whole of your heart on what Jesus did and did well, then what you're receiving from Him is a certificate that says paid in full. So we can only come with insufficient funds. But He comes... With the offer of paid in full. So again, I'm just going to quickly look across the room here today. But if you don't know Jesus as Lord and you've not received him yet into your heart, 
and you want to make that move and take that step of faith, I just want you to slip up your hand where I can see it. Yes, sir. God bless you. Is there somebody else here? Anybody else in service? Maybe you're one of those who, you know, been really comfortable with calling Jesus Lord, but honestly, you're not following him as Lord of your life. And you want to change that this morning. You can do that. We're happy to pray with you. Another hand over here. Is there somebody else? God is clearly on the move. He's still saving. He's still saving. He's still forgiving. He's still giving away eternal life. He's still offering relationship with him on the highest level. That's why the price was so high. Because the relationship is such an important thing to God. Anybody else online, if you're watching online and we can't see your hand here, but we encourage you to lift up your hand with these that we're about to pray with in the building this morning. Anybody? Okay. Let's all do this then. Let's all lift our hand like this gentleman did and this gentleman did over here. Let's lift our hand toward heaven, our hands toward heaven, and just pray this out loud together. Say, Dear God in heaven, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he is Savior of the world. And I believe He is Lord of all. And today I submit my life to Him. I make a no turning back decision. To follow Him. In this life. And into eternity. Jesus thank you personally. For loving me so deeply. That you would lay down your life. For me. I love you. I look forward to walking with you, learning how to live with you, serving you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's thank God for what happened just now in the lives of these who have come. I'll let pa Pastor Mark give further uh, instructions to those of you who raised, uh, raised your hand. You know, I just say the angels in heaven, the Bible says, turning cartwheels. We're sitting here like a bump on a pickle. They're, they're doing, come on, they're doing cartwheels in heaven. Amen. Thank you, church. See Hallelujah. It might get loud. Right? Some of those things we don't understand, but we've heard that before. You know, uh, all heaven's rejoicing right now. And so if you raised your hand... Uh, there will be altar workers up here with some material to give you. They'll pray with you. Again, if there's a special need that you have. But I, I ask you to come up there. We just want to give you that little gift, and it, it will help you. Three little mini books. Uh, talk to the, the altar workers here uh, that you raised your hand to receive that gift. And uh, they'll pray with you. Let them know what happened. We'd love to know that. They'd love to pray with you, give you that gift. Uh, so if you raised your hand, um, praise the Lord. We want you to receive that. Why don't you be seated for just a moment. Hallelujah. Um, before uh, we just end and receive an offering right here, I want everybody to stretch out their hand. We're going to pray over this prayer cloth. Uh, just a young young uh, man is being just uh, bombarded by the enemy concerning who he is, what God has done for him. And we just want that anointing. You know, it's for healing, but also deliverance, break any yoke of bondage strategy of the enemy. So, Father, we thank you right now as we pray. Over this young man, Father, we thank you that the anointing would saturate this cloth. 
We thank you, Father, as that anointing, that anointing to break through and deliver, to set free, to make whole, that he might fulfill his divine destiny. Thank you. With that anointing will come wisdom and revelation for him that goes beyond his years that he begins to see, to know what you created him for and who you created him to be. As a son of God, that anointing would cause him to be strengthened, to see with clarity, to stir hope and expectation in his life. No matter what others have said, about him or what things have gone on around him. Thank you for revelation. I thank you for the anointing of God, saturating his heart, his mind, and bringing peace, direction to set him free. We thank you for transformation in his thinking, transformation in his direction. Thank you, Lord, that you begin to work a work as you promised. We thank you that the work that you begin in him, you will be faithful to finish it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, how many of you were blessed by that teaching today? Amen. We're going to receive an offering, but you know, uh, just a number of things there. Uh, as Pastor Marshall was talking, it was blessing my heart. You know, last year uh, we, we broke into Sunday night, uh, one Sunday morning just before church, just the Spirit of God began to speak and talked about the Spirit, the importance of the Spirit within, where we put more importance upon the Spirit upon, so to speak. And again, difference of manifestations of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, that maturity. He mentioned that today. Talking about being lights in the midst of darkness, if you were in our corporate prayer time Monday morning, God dispatching you individually strategically into locations to be light in the midst of darkness. Amen. We talked just last week about Jesus being Lord. So why are you saying that? Uh, not for us, but for you to see. There's many voices in, in the world right now, many voices. But God's saying something, right? And he can be saying something. But where we're connected, it helps us to know that God's saying similar things about the day that we're living in in the church and that you have an anointing. You are and have an anointing and God wants to strategically place you as lights in the midst of darkness. But to shine as a light, he must be Lord. And you're developing and you're growing. And that's an encouragement to you. And today was an encouragement. I encourage you not to miss tonight. Uh, again, trying to pack, as a pastor, trying to pack a 10-week series uh, or 10 I think it was five weeks, but in two different sessions, uh, uh, ten messages into two. Now, that takes a word from God, but uh, the things necessary, we pray this all the time. I believe that the things that are necessary for you from that ten sessions will come out today. Important for you. So, again, your schedule, Jesus is Lord, adjust it, be back tonight. I believe it will be a great blessing if you're searching or you're, you're, something's going on. God will speak things that will bring even light, revelation into your heart that will help change so that that light that comes into your heart can be reflecting out where you become light. Amen? Praise the Lord. The Bible says if we're taught the word, we should communicate with the teacher in all good things. So we want to receive an offering. Really, uh, we receive this knowing that Jesus has put gifts in the body. Aren't you glad he put gifts in the body? 
that minister to us and equip us. And today was really a time of equipping. You can write that down. Continue to pray about that. It was a time of equipping. If you embrace that and you embrace those four things, it will equip you further to know how to be that light right in the midst of darkness. And so uh, when we embrace that, we you know, there's so many things we can listen to. So going back and listening to it, getting it in our heart is equipment to be what God said to be. So uh, we were further equipped, and he said we've given gifts in the body. So when we acknowledge those and we honor those gifts, and one of the ways that we honor them is really by expressing our thanks through giving. And we're doing that not just to the gift, but to the gift giver that we say, Jesus, thank you for giving gifts unto me or unto men that have further equipped me. And so Paul said, if we're taught the word, is it any big deal to communicate with the teacher in all good things? Is it any? When I realized the value of the gift that just uh, opened up and presented to me these spiritual truths that will equip me to walk at a higher level. Somebody say a higher level. See, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. So anytime we uh, adopt his thoughts or his ways, we take a step up higher. And so uh, we thank you, God, for imparting things to me that I embrace that will take me up higher in my thinking, higher in, in my living. But even beyond that, it will help me reflect and reach out to those who are in a low place or in a dark place and bring them uh, and show them the light. Amen? And so he says we can express this or understand the value of this and the exchange of that through an offering. So if you're making out a check, make it out to New Creation Church. Uh, if you're given by cash or debit card, uh, raise your hand. The ushers will give you an envelope. If you're given by text, the number's up there. If you're watching online, you can go uh, to the website or the app and uh, go ahead and push the give button. You just put guest speaker on there. We want to be a tremendous blessing uh, to Pastor Marshall and Cindy as they uh, are always a great and uh, tremendous blessing uh, to us individually as we hear that word taught and then corporately in the church. Amen? Praise the Lord. Are we ready? Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, we praise you, and we do magnify you, we glorify you. God, we thank you for the word that came into our hearts today. I thank you that it is as it is planted, that no strategy of the enemy concerning that word will prevail, even right now, Father, that he will not distract immediately to take away what was spoken to us. That by Wednesday, we won't uh, feel the pressure of it, but we'll hold on to it. By next week, we won't get so busy and consumed with other things that it begins to get choked out. But we will embrace it, and we'll begin to watch as it comes forth in our life, our thoughts, and our action, producing 30, 60, and 100-fold. And because it will produce that much uh, in our life, we just reciprocate with a natural seed, a natural substance to the one who planted that eternal seed. So as we do this divine exchange, Father, I command the blessings of your word upon each and every one. That the harvest from this seed will be great in their life. That you'll give back to them good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Men will give into their bosom. Thank you, Lord. There will be a blessing revealed in their life as that word grows up and produces more than they ever thought it would. They see such a, dras a, a, a drastic transformation in areas of their life, turning point moments taking place for them. Turning point moments. 
watershed moments, culmination of things you've said coming to pass, great blessing upon their life. In Jesus' name, amen. You can go ahead and pass those buckets. After the bucket has gone by, you can stand up. Hallelujah. Say as we go, what God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great day. We'll see you at 6 o'clock tonight.